The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. My ooh, my educated, my hardworking, my book-loving confidants. Welcome to another episode of Confidently Insecure. I am your host, Kelsey Dara. This is the podcast where we are absolutely sure we don't know everything. I am so excited for our guest this week. She is a new friend of mine. Also, the subject matter that we are talking about is very near and dear to my heart. I'm so excited to introduce you to our guest this week, who is an educator. She was an English teacher, and she is a Get this, confidants. Are you ready? Are you ready? New York Times best-selling author of Always With You, Always With Me, co-written with Kelly Mrither freaking Roland, and she's a mother. She shares a passion for literature with students, other mothers, and kids. Welcome to the podcast this week, Jessica McKay. Thank you, Kelsey. <laughs> Thank you That's so amazing. much for coming. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Me too. So as I mentioned, we just met recently at yes. the uh, Eve Rodsky luncheon. Eve was a guest of the podcast, uh, author, brilliant business lady. And yes. I was sitting across from you and we were all doing our little intros. And when you gave your story, I was like, I love this person. Aww. I love what she's doing. I love the messaging of your book. So can you tell me, like, obviously I want to know all about you. You're an educator, author, yes. mom. Like, what do you do and why do you do it? Oh, I love that. And by the way, the feeling is mutual. We were sitting across <laughs> from each other, like you said, and immediately we connected after yeah. we were the first one. And I really appreciate that we connected right away. Absolutely. You had a banging um, outfit on too. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> you had amazing makeup. We were oh, connecting that, yeah, over. We were like, yes, <laughs> you, you, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so my story, I, I can't even explain why I do what I do. It was the kind of thing that is in me. Literally, when mm. I talk to my sister, my brother, my cousins who I grew up with, they always talk about how from a young age, I was always the one playing school. I was always the one saying, let's do homework. Let's do, <laughs> let's do reading together. And I would gather everyone together. Um, so most of them did, did not like this part of our summers together, <laughs> but I was just always wanting to, um, to learn and, and connect over, um, education. And so Aww. that was, that was just always in me. Uh, and then later, like in high school is when I really started falling in love with literature. Mm -hmm. I had an, an amazing English teacher my junior year. So Aww. that really sparked my interest in um, lots of different stories, hearing people's stories, and then writing my own story. So 
writing and literature really kind of came in high school. Um, so it's no surprise when I went on to college, I majored in English, of course, like fell in love with it, not just Aww. the, the content, like everything that I was reading and devouring and writing, but the community around it. Like I mm. loved all of the women. I went to an all women's school, Spelman College. Oh, no way. And cool. I loved all of the, the, um, English majors, everyone, we were just such like-minded people. I really mm. felt like I had found my people in my space. Mm. So when I look at my career now, it just, it feels like just an extension of kind of what I've always done and what has always found me. So I feel very fortunate to have been able to follow my joy and follow my um, intuition and path. That has always been kind of natural to me. Yeah. It like definitely I resonate with being the one that was like, we're going to play classroom when I was little really bossing everyone around. And then I realized I think I'm too bossy to be a teacher. (laughs) No, way too much of a control freak. Like if people are the most controlling people, are you, you can do it. (laughs) Okay. Maybe that makes sense that because if someone was out of line, I would have a, like, I would have a meltdown. I could not handle it. (laughs) That's me. (laughs) Wait, what's your, what's your astrological sign? I feel like we got to get that out of the way. I'm a Libra, September 23rd. Oh, okay. What what are you? I'm a Leo, but Libras are my favorite people. Oh, nice. Very balanced. Makes a lot of sense that you're an educator. You want the logic. You want the truth. I makes sense. Yes. I want balance. (laughs) I want peace. And, but teaching and being a parent, all of the things in life have taught me how to go with the flow a bit more. So Mm -hmm. I've worked on that. (laughs) The go with the flow is something Libras. And I think women have especially just this, it's a strength and a patience that I wish I had. It's a, it's a quality I admire so much with people that that just don't have that block. Like you guys just have a different view on life of, of, um, empathy and being able to see it from another perspective. Like you guys are just the best. Well, it's a work in progress. Like I said, I'm, I also have a very controlling and like you said, the (laughs) word bossy, that is definitely me too. But just in recent, recent years, really the power of meditation and surrendering Mm. and all of that has helped helped me out. <laughs> we love a Headspace app, uh, not sponsored. Um, exactly. <laughs> so tell me, what uh, what were you teaching when you decided you wanted to be an educator? I was actually, um, so right after college, I, I went into, um, I think it was an internship or my first job in at a magazine. I said, I want to be a writer. This is what I want to do. But teaching was always in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to do it. I knew I wanted to do it later because to me, education, educating children is like a lifelong thing. I never mm-hmm. wanted to be that, um, you know, and there's no judgment, but I, I didn't want to. My philosophy of educating wasn't like teach for America two years and then leave. The right. Educators I grew up around were like lifelong educators. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I said teaching is like a forever thing. Let me do um. that later. But again, these things find me. The The magazine I was at um, closed, it crashed. And mm. at the same time, someone introduced me to this school in D.C. where I'm from. 
um, whose mission I just really loved. It was an all girls school in Southeast DC. Um, and the way they modeled their schools in new school, um, was really phenomenal and aligned mm. with me and they were looking for an English teacher and, um, I, it just, you know, kind of all worked out. So I taught middle school English Woo. for two years, then went on to grad school in New York oh, wow. and ended up teaching elementary school. So I oh. fell in love with that. And then when I moved to LA, I got the perfect in-between. I, I taught fifth grade for most of my career, which was that perfect yeah. in-between of what I had done middle school and, um, you know, younger second and first grade. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty much where I lived for most of my career. I was going to say, like, English, te- I was a literature kid. I was a liberal studies, nice. like, definitely... Oh. Yes. Maths and sciences, I cheated. I got kicked out. I got suspended <laughs> for I, I my principal literally told me you should not take a senior math because I don't trust that you could get get through it without <laughs> cheating. And I was like, You're correct, sir. Yes. If I don't need to do it, I won't. So, <laughs> math numbers, not my thing, but books and writing. I mean, you can't see all the books that I have, but I have book uh-huh. like books are so oh. special to me. And a kid that I went to elementary school with who we like, yeah. you know, did K through, I don't know, eighth or ninth grade together. Mm-hmm. He like DM'd me once I started like, sh- you know, getting followers. And he was like, uh-huh. Hey, he's like, you probably don't remember me. I was like, of course I remember you. And he was like, I always remember you as a girl that would stand in the library and sniff books. Oh, <laughs> Like, oh my what? Why was I doing that? <laughs> but also, yeah. Yes, I, kinda... like, I was obsessed <laughs> with books. I still am. There's just so something so special to me about like the oh, feel of a book and like Yeah. I are you an feel... audiobook person? Because I'm I'm trying not to be, but I'm kind of turning into an audiobook person. Yes. You know, for me, the bigger transition was going from, you know, touching an actual book to reading on my iPad. That was a big yeah. transition. E-reader, yep. And I resisted it. The only thing that that got me to make that leap was reading at night and having to like get up and turn mm. off the light. So the mm-hmm. iPad works for that. Audiobooks, I haven't, I haven't gotten into stay away don't do it <laughs> as much I try and then I ha- find myself like keep trying to rewind and it just mm-hmm. doesn't work it's not the same to me but yeah I don't know it's weird because I love podcasts so yes. I would think that they would work but well I think it's dependent on the author right like I listened to Eve's yeah. book through audiobook on a ski trip oh. I was like by myself I went skiing yeah. and I had her in my ears and I was like she's so encapsulating uh, and like yes passionate. and so I think yeah. it depends because I've listened to some other ones where I am like snore city. Yeah, but... you know, that's what it is. I think yeah. if you're reading or listening to someone who's the author yes. reading their own book, it's different because yes. um, my book club, we were reading <gasps> I was Alicia just Keys' memoir. Book club. <laughs> oh, yes. I love that. I, it's my favorite thing these days. Just started. But anyway, Alicia Keys everyone was saying they read, they listened to it on audiobook and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And I, I loved the actual yeah. book, but everyone was raving about their audiobook experience. So then I switched once we got into some uh, fiction books and there was someone else reading and I was like, you guys said audiobooks were cool. Yes. And I was like, this is not, 
But if I had done like mm-hmm. listening to Alicia Keys or mm-hmm. from what I understand now, Viola Davis's yes. listening to her is, yes. is amazing. So I think See, that is the key. I'll I'm give so, it another try. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm so glad. I don't think I've ever had anyone on the podcast where I could just book nerd out. Like, oh yeah. I'm just like discussing the, the, the joys of reading. I've never, yes. like, I'm so hyped to have this conversation. I'm Yay! really interested if the confidants <laughs> definitely leave a comment below. If you're a book hoe, like we seem to be, are you yes. an audio book? Are you an e-reader? Are you a hardback cover? I'm dying to know what the kids All are doing these things. days. Um, well, speaking of books, someone here wrote a book that was recently at New York times bestselling author. Um, what yes. is the idea behind always with you always with me? Because it's a children's book. Yeah. Yes. It's a children's book, but I think the cool thing and the, the unique thing is that it really does feature the mom in this book. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, check it out, Google it, but I'll also show it here. Yes. YouTube viewers. Um, there's a mom on the cover with her child, and that is very rare uh, mm. in children's books to have um, the mom have such a prominent feature mm. in the in the book. So it's a it's basically the days in the week of the life of a child and and mom, uh, but the child with a working parent, and mm. that is my story. I would get up. In fact, just this morning my kids got up pretty early and we got to school pretty early. And I said, Oh, is this, this is probably the earliest you've ever been to school. And my oldest said, no, it's not. He still remembers when I like my early teaching days. Um, the school I I was at had a daycare for teachers, children. And he remembers getting there super early with me. So anyway, the, this was my story. It was Kelly's story of, you know, whether in her case, traveling for work, in my mm-hmm. case, um, just not always being mm-hmm. there in all of the moments or maybe having to go back to work. There's one page where the mom is there on a field trip, but then has to go right back to work and mm-hmm. can't stay and linger or take the child home early. Mm-hmm. So we just decided to tell this story because again, we also realized it wasn't told like there aren't many books you know as i've said and established i have read almost every children's book my children devour books um and every every book tells the story of children separating and going off to school or Mm -hmm. separating in their own way but not separating from parent because parent has to leave Mm -hmm. and i think that's a whole different story to tell Mm -hmm. so we decided to tell it um this is hitting on like some core motherfucking wounds for your girl over here. <laughs> I think I had really? shared. I think I shared with you at the the luncheon yeah, that, that I grew yes, up. That's right. With a mom, three sixty five, mm-hmm. seven days a week. Like I always tell the story about, we'd be on like a ski vacation. She would be on above the clouds on a chairlift on her cell phone. Like wow. she was. Yeah. She's not dead. She is <laughs> a <laughs> business owner. You know the boss, the, that's the woman I, from the day I was born, like I was raised by a caretaker who is more like my mother than my mother is my mother. I I think she's pretty comfortable with me 
she's heard that so many times at this point and she knows, yeah. you know, she would have to chase yeah. my caretaker down the street when she, she would come home at night because I'd be bawling my eyes out wanting oh, my Marie her. and my mom would yes. chase her. I was, please Marie, come back. She won't <laughs> stop crying. She won't stop crying. And so there was my sister and I, so we both grew up with a working mom uh-huh. and we just didn't yeah. know any different. We had no idea that this was not the norm back then, mm-hmm. you know, the nineties, but right. now it is working moms all the yeah. time. And all the time. It's so true what you say about there not being any books that explain and highlight that this is a thing. Like we see moms at home doing the feminine duties, the mm-hmm. love, the care, and how can that be possible and still be a working mom? So I wanted to get your opinion on the thoughts of like, how do we as a society view working moms? Yeah, I I love that. And I love hearing you, you know, you mentioned it as like a womb and something that you had to work through Mm -hmm. the goal of this book and, and kind of like my, um, one of my missions through talking about it really is to normalize it and to mm. um, create a new narrative around it so mm. that because um, as a mom, you feel guilt all the time. As the child, you may feel like, oh, I'm not always feeling, you know, like I'm getting the attention. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's this like narrative that can often feel negative. Mm -hmm. Um, but I wanted to, and and Kelly and I talked about like really redefining a mother's love and what it can look like. Cause a mother's love can look like being out of town and handling the things at home. You can do that. And your child can feel loved in that way as well. It can be, you know, you having your passion as Eve talks about being in your unicorn space and, you know, you, left the most amazing Mm. dinner for your child. And, and that is love. Love isn't necessarily always the physical proximity. Mm. It can be, you pour your love into this bracelet that you made. Um, and the child isn't always with you and they, you know, so this child made the bracelet for the mom and that's love. So we are working to (laughs) (laughs) redefine that for so many people because again, through the work of so many women who were at the table with us and Eve and um, in general, to answer your question, there are so many stories and and new ways Mm -hmm. where um, we feel that we we can do both, but also be okay with not doing both all the time. And I think that's the most important thing is Sometimes there, there will be moments where, you know, you're in this case, and I'll, I think, um, share this later, but reading, uh, or the mom was out of town, but she was still happy. You know, she was in her space and I'm sure your mom felt that way too. But then again, there's a page where she's in the car crying because she feels sad that, and so just like really, again, exposing and, and showing that it's normal to have this range of emotions, I think Mm. is, is the work, not Mm. one extreme or another, but understanding that we can experience all of the emotions. Right. Uh, But at the end of the day, there's still so much love in the family and in the home. 
I would love to get a reading, an excerpt from the book. But before we do, you, you yeah. have to ask, how the heck did Kelly Rowland get involved <laughs> as a co-author? Because, like, what an yes. amazing partnership. And also, like oh you mentioned, gosh. different point of view of, of what kind yes. of, like, working mom. So you really do have yeah. two great examples. Yes. Well, I I am so grateful to have her as a partner. We um, connected through our children. So my middle Aww. child and her oldest are in the same grade at school. They go to school together. And so we kind of formed a natural organic connection mm-hmm. through the two boys. And, um, and so we started hanging out to kind of together on our own. Um, and once we we're chatting sometimes over coffee or tea or sometimes going to meditate our own stories and emotions were exchanged. And we realized that we were going through the same thing as these busy modern moms Mm -hmm. trying to do it all, take care of ourselves, take care of our homes and, Mm -hmm. um, and work as well. And so we said, you know what, let's, let's do this. Let's write a story. And, put it together. And so then we connected with, um, and it's, this is a very simplified version of it because let me tell you out there, I know you're working (laughs) on your manuscript too. Sometimes, you know, there are challenges, but we persisted. And, Mm. um, and so the, the short version is that we were able to connect with Rhoda Ahmed, who has, Mm. she's also a best-selling children's author, but also now has her own, publishing company. Oh, um, and that led to, you know, other arrangements where we were able to um, get our publishing deal and really execute and manifest this dream of ours. So Ugh. it's all, it's just a dream come true. Kelly yes. is amazing. I, I'm so grateful for her partnership. The book features a um, what was really important to both of us, but especially to Kelly as a singer and songwriter Mm. was to have a refrain. And so I also believe in that for the goal being to normalize and reassure and kind of um, be this balm of a book where you are soothing children Mm. and soothing moms who feel the guilt Mm. that there's something repetitive about the language. So in the Mm. book, there's this repetitive refrain all throughout it and um so when we read it to children by the end of the book they are saying it you know we each read to our son they're in different classes now so we read to our different classes and by the end they are reciting the refrain we're like yes mission accomplished well we'd love to (laughs) hear the refrain would you mind giving us a little reading of course Shout out to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. My confidants, you guys know I have recently been going through just an absolute, just wild mental health re-uptick, refresh. And I would not have been able to do that without my counselor, who I love at BetterHelp. What's interfering with your happiness? What's preventing you from achieving your goals? I personally knew I had this ketamine therapy journey starting soon and I was so nervous and I needed that person, that third party, that doctor who knew what they were talking about to help me get prepared for that environment as well as reintegrate all of things I've learned 
back into my daily life. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling. And BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And you can start communicating with them in under 24 hours. There are licensed professionals and counselors who are specialized in areas such as self-esteem. Ugh, who doesn't need it? Grief. Oh God, things are so hard. LGBT matters. So gay. Family conflict. Mom. And anger. And depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, and trauma. Anything you share is confidential. It's convenient, professional, and affordable. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting counselors and all additional 50 states. I want you to start living a happier life today. And as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash CI. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash CI. The weather is getting warmer, so it is time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now that I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortless, effortless, less, yeah, effortlessly chic year after year, like uh, premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from 30 doll hairs, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. I can confirm this. I'm actually wearing Quince pants right now. You are. They are so, they're, they're loose, they're breezy. These babies have a button, a fly, drawstring, and elastic in the band, so I can like I can dress them up. I can dress them down. Yes. They are, they're the perfect pant for summer and I'm really comfortable as hell in them. Honestly, I am wearing the Quince 14 karat gold earring loop right now. Oh my God. I know. I think it's so cute. It does not tarnish. It is so comfy and I have sensitive ears. So I'm really loving this for my body. So get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Kelsey for free shipping on your order in 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash Kelsey to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Kelsey. Are you looking to cut back on alcohol this year? (laughs) You are talking to two sober Sally's. You know Zach and I love to drink recess zero-proof craft mocktails because it's a guilt-free way to unwind. It has 0% alcohol made with real fruit, only 25 calories or less, and it is sweetened with agave because y'all know I got that sugar addiction. It has incredible flavors. One of my favorites is the grapefruit Paloma. The Paloma is actually one of the last drinks I was drinking when I was drinking alcohol. So this is like a nice little nostalgia moment and it still feels really fun in my hand. And there's no reason we should be missing out on the partying either. It's such a good replacement for alcohol, a great drink for having in between alcoholic drinks, unwinding at home, at dinner parties, chilling on the couch. It is endless. Get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash Kelsey. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Favorite thing to do is reading. Oh my gosh. And again, this Um, will be linked below. Definitely check it out. Always with you, always with me. A live reading. All right. And this is also on audiobook. Kelly reads it. So I'll add that too. Speaking of our little. Yes. Yes. It's it's a good one. Yes. She reads it so beautifully. 
So this is the Tuesday page and it goes by days of the week. But this is one of my favorite ones. Today, I'm on a business trip. I march onto the site where we will be breaking ground and smile as I envision my design coming to life. As I work, I see your magic traces. That gets me thinking that I can't wait to see what you'll be when you grow up. I hope you will remember the words I say to you. When I leave for work, you may think I'm not around, but if you look closely, you'll see I can be found. Traces of magic here and there show that we are an inseparable pair. Always with you, always with me. Mommy and child together will be. So that is Tuesday, (gasps) each day, and... I always say I need to give people warnings. I forget to give that little heads up. You do. I was not So many moms have told me. Oh. It's so sweet. I literally have goosebumps. I don't think you can see it through the camera. But like it was it was like working mom also doing a job that you typically don't see women in. Yeah. Like architecture construction. And then for her to be like, I'm thinking of you while I'm at my job. I never considered that my mom might be thinking of me while she's at her job. And yeah. It's oh, just a story. So kids know because they have no idea the emotions on our end. Right. And so now it's just, it, I think this one, um, I'm proud of us for sharing this story and helping children understand the minds of the parents. So then it doesn't feel as icky and hard. Um, and I think a secondary goal of this is to model, be a role model for, you know, a, what you want to be when you grow up. Like, like that's why I love this part of our story and this page um, because it's an example of you again, going back to Eve and unicorn space, what it looks like to, to mm-hmm. have your own space. Yeah. We're not always just wearing the mom hat. It's mm-hmm. that we wear so many other hats. So I, I just, that's, that was um, so epic. Thank you for doing that reading. It was so special. I'm like, is it weird that a 31 year old has it on her bookshelf just with no kids? (laughs) (laughs) Healing like childhood wounds. Cool. 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 But like, again, it didn't like, I think what my mom instilled in me being a, you know, capital working capital M mom was so Mm -hmm. much of why I think I'm able to be successful and like run business and do things today. And like, I yeah. always say she's going to be working until she dies. Like she will be on the yeah. computer, on her phone, in or yes. on her deathbed, like yes. working. And I, I love that about her because she will always say that she works because not only does she love it, but she does everything for her family. And yeah. we feel like, you know, and my sister works with the business. So it, it always ties back to family somehow. And exactly, it makes me wonder yeah. You know, when you were doing the book and, you know, mm-hmm. when you've had busy schedules back in the day and with all your kids and your home, it's like, yeah. did you ever feel like the mommy guilt that you talk about? And maybe you can explain like what it is and, and how you personally get through it. Yes, definitely. You feel it all the time. I mm-hmm. I go to bed, like replaying things in my head, you know, just thinking, oh, I should have been more present for that. Mm. I should have um, had my work computer away while I was like really tuned in and Mm. listening to what my child was saying. That happens all the time. Um, Mm. After I taught for um, 
probably a decade, I, I took some time after when I was pregnant with my third child and I was home and then went into a job in admissions at a new school. So we were basically in startup mode, working around mm. the clock, especially the admissions team, because we yeah. were admitting three whole new grades. So, wow. um, and I had um, my Chase was probably like one and a half. I had my newborn and then my oldest was three and oh it was not. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and then this job working around the clock, my husband working same, like all in, we live in LA without much family or, mm-hmm. you know, built in mm-hmm. support. Um, so there were so many times where I was distracted and just, you know, just trying to mm-hmm. survive. We were just doing our best. And I think it was around this whole time that I described like the beginnings of the book where I started mm-hmm. meditation. Mm-hmm. In fact, Kelly and I d- did that together for a while. And so mm-hmm. I think um, meditating and taking that time to myself mm-hmm. is is really what helped me mm-hmm. um get rid of the guilt. Cause I realized mm. there were, you know, certain mantras I would say to myself, there were certain, mm. it was just a different level of peace where I was able to remind myself, Jessica, you're doing your best. And mm. that is how, you know, you're a good mom. Just the fact that you care, just the yeah. fact that you are thinking about them. You may yeah. not get it exactly right all the time. Nobody does, but, mm. um, you know, those were the those were the spaces that I really learned to celebrate myself, honor yeah. all of the effort that I am putting in, and then try again the next day. Yeah. yeah. And I wonder, do you, are there like, you know, being a childless person, I mm-hmm. can pick up and go and I, all I have to think about is my cats, right? <laughs> you know, I said mm-hmm. they can pretty much take care of themselves. They're on automatic <laughs> feeders, automatic litter box. They're fine. Yeah. Um, but are there like non-negotiables for you that you've had to implement or set or think about when you're like working? Like I, I have to do at least this much with my kids or does that set us up for failure because we can't always follow a rigid uh, set of wants? Mm, that's a good question. I think in my case, uh, you know, I'm not the like traveling mm-hmm. kind of working mom. Um, so I can imagine for someone who has different hours or mm-hmm. travels a lot, they they might have some like I have to be home for dinner or sure. I have to. But in my case, my career has always been pretty mm-hmm. child centered. Yeah. And so even when I'm working, I've been able to um, combine my children with, you know, they're, they're, I've always been in child-friendly environments. So um, I wouldn't say I have non-negotiables other than that built-in, like Mm -hmm. working in spaces that Mm. allow room for me to be a mom, which um, I'm lucky that has always been the case because I work in, in schools. So being able to, um, you know, Again, the school I taught at had a had a daycare for children for right. teachers' children, uh, and then when I moved on and worked in admissions, still it's a school. It was a, a secondary school, um, so not as like little kid friendly, but still my boss loved children. I Aww. remember sitting down whenever we would have our meetings. Um, she would always, and she's also a mother of three. Her children are older, but Aww. she always said. 
how are you? How are your people? Mm. Like, how are Carter, Chase, and Claude? She knows their Aww. names. She, she really, we would spend the first couple of minutes, like, exchanging stories about our children and showing pictures and updates. Yeah. And then we'd get to business. Mm. So I think for me, it really is um, being in a space that allows room for me mm. to be my whole self. Because mm-hmm. if I don't have that, then I can't, I can't focus on the other things. Right. And you bring up such a good point about having these spaces that are child friendly or even just have like emotional space to yeah. speak about child care and child life. And right. I wonder if you have any tips for new moms that are maybe going back to work for the first time and they're freaking out and they miss their kid and what advice could you possibly offer that might help soothe or balm i like how the way you said it's balm (laughs) besides obviously reading this book (laughs) yes first of all get the book (laughs) like pull up (laughs) i know (laughs) um but i would say also this is something that it's so simple. Um, but it, it, I, I wish I had told myself or heard it more and more and that it is going to be okay. Like I just Mm. promise it will be okay. There are going to be rough days again, like the page in the book where you're tearing up, but even that is okay. That, that Mm. shows the love and connection. Um, and, but I would, I would also say post, you know, COVID quarantine year of 2020 Mm -hmm. and 21, like where, we were all in homes doing it all together. Mm-hmm. I would say, I think the return to work now can look different. And so yeah. um, another tip I would have is use that time period as um, leverage for negotiation and flexibility. Mm. And, and because I think one silver lining and good thing that perhaps came out of that time is that employers really saw us in all of our spaces and (laughs) children on our laps and crying in the background. So there was no hiding it anymore. And so I think now a new mom going back to work um, has a different kind of Mm. um, story and leverage that versus like when I had to do it or when someone else at a law firm or at a, at a company where it just mm-hmm. wasn't spoken about. Right. Um, have. So now put it out there and I think just embrace your whole self and others, people in your workplaces will embrace it with you because they have, they had no choice during those years. Yeah. And I'm like, let's keep that going. Yeah. You bring up such yeah. a good point too, that the pandemic like shifted availability, like mom can always be around dad's right right in the other room. Like I have to imagine for kids that the conversation would look different than the way you speak with like your boss or your coworkers about why is mommy not around so much or why is mommy going back to work? Mm -hmm. So how do you speak to children brains about the idea of more separation or, or more work? Yeah. Separation's hard, but like yeah, more more of like mommy yeah. needing to work. Right. Yeah, I think um, speaking of the name of your podcast, I think speaking <laughs> in a confident way, like, mm. again, normalizing it, sharing stories, sharing like, this is what I do because I love it. Like you said, your mom had her why and always mm-hmm. explain why. Mm-hmm. And then the kids, I think, will understand, oh, you know, just like, your passion 
is building Legos. This writing is my passion. I'm going to, and then I think the kids end up in my case, my kids are so proud of me for reaching a dream and your book is out like, Oh, look at this. That's we were so at the LA cool. times festival of books and they were there Oh my again. Gosh. It's that like, yes. And they were cheering us on and it, it's just so oh. cool to see them proud of you again, role yeah. reversing and flipping it. So um, yeah, I think we just always have to kind of watch how we're saying it, mm-hmm. not always being worried, like, oh my gosh, I have to bring this bad news to you. I'm mm-hmm. going to work. I'm going to separate, but just say it confidently. Yeah. Say it as if it's like, matter of fact, this is what it is. This is why I do it. I've always loved writing. I've always loved sharing stories. So I'm about to go do that in my office for about an hour. You can go do your mini unicorn space (laughs) and do something you do for an hour and then we'll come back and let's talk about it. Um, So yeah, I I really think that handling it in that way helps them because kids go with the flow and they'll say, okay, you know, cool. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, I go do what I want for an hour. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. What do I want to do? Yeah. Right. And then I'll see you later and you're fine. It's like if they fall if you freak out, then they start crying more. Mm-hmm. But if we just accept that it's normal and we're all going to be fine, then they're going to mm-hmm. be fine too. Mm-hmm. And I can't say shit because, like I said, I don't have kids. But my best friend <laughs> in the whole world just had a baby during the pandemic. Oh, and they moved nice. from New York City to upstate. So they're kind of in this, like, cabin uh-huh. in the woods, like, surrounded by nothing. Oh, wow. And I was yes. there for her birth. And then... I came back, you know, during Christmas and then I, I was just there for her yeah. first birthday. And that period of time between like six months to a year, she got like stranger danger because oh, it was yeah. only mom, dad, you know, right. in the woods. And then like these people yeah. came in and mom needs to go back to work in the city soon. And like, yeah. I know she's beyond stress. Hi, Lacey, by the way, you're probably listening to this. Um, she, yeah. I hope you don't mind me putting your uh, stuff on the internet. Um, but I like a thing she and I often talk about is that there does feel like in those early stages that there are things that only mom can do, whether it be like breastfeeding or a a baby's in the mom state, like the mommy love mommy stage. And so when you're flowing through those times of, it feels like only mom can do it. How do you, Mm -hmm. how do you get through that? kind of unique niche stuff. Yes. I, I always remind myself that it's so fleeting. So, Mm. you know, it's demanding on you because you're the only one who can do it, but it's going to fly by. And so Mm. just remind yourself, even though you have to be the one always on and, and like no one else can do it, just um, as cliche as it sounds, cherish that because oh. it's going, you're going to blink and then there'll be the next stage. And I mean, she, this is a girl, the yeah. daughter. Yeah. Yeah. That she's always going to need your friend, Lisa and yeah. other moms out there. They're always going to be needed, but in, in different ways. Yeah. Um, so just try to like cherish it again, flip it, flip the narrative mm-hmm. in your mind. Like, okay, I, this is actually a beautiful thing. This is so beautiful that I love someone so much that I cry when I miss her. Not like, 
oh my gosh, I'm crying so much. What am I ever going to do? Flip yeah. it and, and remind yourself how beautiful and amazing that bond yeah. is. That's so special yeah. and such good advice where it like oh, immediately makes you. it like a cute thing. You're like, oh yeah, this is just like really, this is gorgeous that this love yeah. and emotion can exist and, you know, yeah, hormones rebalancing, exactly. all that good stuff I'm sure is part of the process yes, too. Totally. But, it actually, it reminded me too of some conversations I've had with her about mm-hmm. sort of this like mommy activism too, where mm. she's really starting to teach her daughter like, hey, things in the world are going on that women need to like fight yeah. for their rights, you know, that we right. need to fight for equality, that like there are things happening in the world that mom needs to be a part Mm -hmm. of too and do you feel like especially in the time that we're living in now that like you find yourself having that conversation with your kids of just also like and I don't know because I don't know when you're supposed to talk to kids about like world trauma but you know is there (laughs) something of like mom needs to also be or feel like they need to be sort of involved in this mom activism, especially as we, we realize like the pay gap and the gender gap and the exhaustion gap is like real. Yes, yes, absolutely. I think I, I believe, which is why I, my approach to children's literature is just that it's rooted in the philosophy that I think children are intellectually ready for more than we often give them credit for. And so, um, Yes, you you know you tailor it according to the topic and what you feel like your child is ready to handle. Mm. But there are ways to say, you know, we're in LA, so a lot of times there's no hiding things. Mm. We're just driving and we see the homeless um, huge problem in LA, and so mm. we talk about that. Um, mm. I just did that the other day. I'm like, okay, at, at some point there was some conflict or you know someone was, one of the children was unhappy about their lunch or their meal. And I said, we're going to go on a ride. And I did show them in order to remember, Mm. you know, to be grateful, to remember the bigger world Mm. and understand that. Um, But then also to do something about it, to be activists. So Mm. we are always having conversations um, again, depending on the age level, like my oldest, mm-hmm. he, he definitely can get certain things. And so mm-hmm. I don't shy away from that. And mm-hmm. it, it, I think further to go back to the other conversation and question, um, ties into why I do what I do. Mm-hmm. And so I have a bigger purpose, mm-hmm. um, and, and certain things I do want to fight for. I, I do the, the connection between, mothers and children is really very important for me. So I'm going to think more about what I can do. What can I do about this formula shortage? What can I do about, you know, Mm -hmm. all of the crises going on with women and their bodies? Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, yeah, but again, for my younger child, it can start with what they see in front of them, Mm -hmm. homelessness Mm -hmm. and what we can do. Um, so I definitely, I think I said it at the luncheon that activism starts in childhood. And mm-hmm. so, um, yes, I firmly believe that we should be having these conversations mm-hmm. and, and removing the, um, you know, just the, the shield, I guess, between yeah. what adults do and yeah. that's like grown up, heavy, serious stuff. Mm-hmm. 
and and being more transparent. Like this is what I'm working on right mm-hmm. now, um, and they're curious about it. They're yeah. little sponges, so you know it's definitely like your mom. You are this <laughs> bad boss woman because of who yeah. your mom is. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so it definitely it definitely has an impact. And even if they're not directly involved, but you share with them little tidbits, but yeah. then they go off to play. It's, mm-hmm. it's sinking in with them. Wow. Yeah. Well, Jessica, I can't believe our conversation has gone flown by so quickly. I, know. I could talk about this forever. Oh, are you kidding? You're <laughs> such a too. great interview. And thank you so much for putting so much of like your personal oh. story into this. I think it's so heartfelt. Definitely. We'll include thank the link you. below for the audio book and the physical book, but Yay, where can people you. find you or your work? Where would you like to be found? Thank you so much for having me, Kelsey, and for all of your amazing work with mental health and wellness for yes. your confidants. Oh, uh, I'm love happy. It. Yes, I'm happy to to share this time with you. My Instagram is authoress Jess, uh, so that's the main space, and um, I am really my next phase will be going into schools. So, uh, again, that's where my work is. I, my heart is in schools. So we've done a lot of bookstore and Kelly has done a lot of TV, but I think our next phase this fall, especially around back to school time where emotions are running high is Mm -hmm. to go into the schools. So I love that. uh, We'll do some author visits there. And yeah, I would love your confidants to send me their school. If they have children yes. or no children, send me those school names and we put that on our tour. I was going to say, we got any principals, we got any teachers out there, yes. we got any kids that are going to school. Definitely. Exactly. We'll definitely put that below. But Jessica, thank you again so much. It's I'm so oh, glad we got in contact pleasure. and um, we're going to stay friends because we're both in L.A. Yes. Absolutely. Obviously. Let's uh, go sniff books together yeah. someday. <laughs> Thank God I found someone like me, my person. (laughs) All right, Confidants, don't forget to check out Jessica's work, and we will see you next week. 